folks. Happy 2022. We're back on uh, Bootstrap Web. Jordan, how's it going, buddy? It's going pretty well. It is really good to be back. Uh, I don't know about you, but I really unplugged for two weeks. I did not restart my computer. <laughs> I'm going to say I am not an unplugger. <laughs> and and actually, no, I, I do, but I, I unplug when I go on vacation. You know, the time of year when everyone else is unplugging, that's actually when I ship a lot of work. It's kind you, of you like doing that? Yeah, yeah I mean, I had, you know, we don't we don't do anything for New Year's or anything like that. So um, yeah, and we can't snowboard because there's it's just all rain around here. So yeah, yes, I have a funny snowboarding related story. <laughs> <laughs> I saw I saw the tweet. It it sounds like something something went down. It was a miserable <laughs> comedic tragedy of a day. It was a mess. Anyway, so I, I had family in town and really tried to unplug from work and. You know, we can get into a little bit of this later on when we talk about like 21 and 22 thoughts, lessons, that type of thing. But it took me some time to unwind and to stop paying attention and to stop caring about what the competition was doing, what's happening in the market, who's raising money, all that noise. It took took me a little while to just calm that down. And it felt good once it, once it did. Yeah, I've got a lot of uh, mental struggles and lessons learned and things that, that happened over the last year and headed into 22. I feel really good now. So interesting. But you know, today we're actually publishing on a different day than usual. It, it should be publishing today on, on Tuesday, uh, January 11th, because today is launch day for ZipMessage on Product Hunt. So if you are listening to this uh, today or, or this week of January 11th, I would really appreciate your support for a ZipMessage on Product Hunt. Brian's going to say it's appreciated. I'm going to say it's required if you're listening to this. Come on. <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> it's really difficult with product hunt for me, because it's like, yeah. How do you think about it? I'm, I'm stressing out like, like crazy about it. Really? I don't <laughs> think you should. I don't, I don't think you should. You know what it is. There, there's this, this, the sheer work involved in like optimizing all the things. Right. So I got a, this week I had a bunch of product stuff to ship to get that out of the way, like several days before product hunt. And then I've got to re- record a new demo video. I got to create new you know, image assets for the thing. I got to draft my first comment for it. I got to, you know, plan it all out and plan the outreach strategy and, and, all, and all of that kind of stuff. So, so that, and then, you know, just in terms of what product hunt is, like, I, I got to keep checking myself. Like, look, it's a crapshoot. It could be totally nothing. And that is fine. Right. Some traffic and SEO and like how to, you know, zip message had a, or actually a really good first year and it'll just continue to to grow in 2022 and that's that's the plan but if zip message were to do really well on product hunt today this week that could be really meaningful for the business heading into this second year you know? what, what does that look like what is the successful scenario of a product hunt listing launch like what, what are you shooting for this work is being done toward what end like what, what's what's the goal that energy and virality and attention and sharing, right? That that's what it yeah. is. Yeah. I mean, look, zip message at this point is really dialed in. Like we have the free plan. The product is in a really good place. We we've launched a lot of improvements to the onboarding, the reliability, the shareability actually had an amazing December. December turned out to be our best month of the year. Surprisingly added more customers that that month than any other month. I was nervous about freemium at first back in like November, but I mean, the conversion rate is working. And so, you know, I, I just, I really want to ride this momentum into 2022. Yeah. I mean, the goal with product hunt is that first of all, I think it's the type of product that 
could or would do fairly well on, on product hunt. Of course, you know, it, again, it's a crapshoot. You never know. Right. Remote work plus freemium is, is a good combo. Yeah. Plus like video messaging and, and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. So, so there's that asynchronous communication. That's what it's all about. And like, it could really, really expand the pool of users and the pool of opportunity to meet more people and get the get more and more exposure for it. And that could snowball into a really good 2022 for, for right, that mo- momentum. Right. Kickstarted in January would be beautiful. Yeah. And I'm, and I mean, I am trying to be strategic about it. Like with process kit a couple of years ago that went up on product hunt accident, like somebody else randomly hunted it with like a stranger. I don't even know them and I wasn't expecting it. And then all of a sudden I was getting traffic from product hunt on and, and it actually did pretty well. Like I think it got, got to like spot three or something and, and it was sitting there for, for the whole week. And, and that's a product that like, Compared to Zip Message, I, I don't think that type of product would do as well on Product Hunt, but it still made a meaningful impact for that business. So for this one, like it, you know, again, if you're listening to this, I would really appreciate your, your support this week. <laughs> that, that's all. If it sort of flops or if some, some other thing knocks it out of the water, like that's totally fine too. We've got a great product, great growth trajectory right now. So yeah, just trying to keep reminding my, myself of that. <laughs> also want to thank our friend, Justin Jackson, from uh, the podcasting service Transistor FM. Uh, he was nice enough to be uh, the hunter of Zip Message on Product Hunt. So thank you, Justin. All right. So let's let's see how it does. I, I feel like you have the right mindset where you shoot for the great outcome. And if it's just some SEO and attention and a kind of an exciting few days, then that's fine too. Mm-hmm. Either, either way, it, it's yeah. good. Yep. What should we talk about? Like, how, Like, I think you and I are both at this point now in our careers where we don't like have a a formal, like, uh, these are the specific goals and how we, how we're going to report back on them and all, and all that kind of stuff. I'm, I'm kind of over that at this point. Yeah. Same. The December time frame and the break, it does just lend itself to reflection and looking back for me. It's so the big theme or themes are just getting the mindset right and the right perspective. And I would say it's been a challenging month or so for me uh, because the personal life is so mixed in right now with that mindset uh, because we're, we're considering moving and leaving Portland. Yeah, I want to hear more about this. And that that yeah. turmoil in the personal life and trying to figure it out and all that and the stress. And then you know, my kids, will, they're not old, but they're older. They're, they're five, seven, and nine. And so the emotional impact on them and then my wife and I talking about it constantly and figuring it out. And then you think about the money side of it. So it's, it's really been, it's added a lot of stress and in many ways. And I talk about this openly to the leadership team at the company, like we need to protect my fragile little ego. It is good for us when I have swagger and I feel great and I'm confident and it is really important for my effectiveness as leader, as fundraiser, as all all that stuff, it has been challenging to wrestle with that. These are the times when I have difficulty putting the cart hook experience behind me. This is when it comes back up because if you look, I mean, it is is pretty straightforward. The price range of houses that I'm looking at to buy is directly impacted by what <laughs> Shopify yeah. did to me. Like that, that, that's when it really, really becomes unavoidable for me on a day-to-day basis. When I have the right perspective, I have nothing but gratitude. 
And that's what leads to happiness. And that's what leads to confidence. And that's what leads to like this, you know, this energy around being excited about the future. Every anytime you look back and you're like bitter about something that happened, it's not good. It's not good for your future. So I, I don't like to do that. I like to move forward and chalk things up to a great experience. And I financially did just fine. But that's when it gets real. You know, when the outcome at Cardhook should have been compared to what it is, that's when I, that all that stuff comes up and the frustration and anger and, and, and that stuff is no good. It's, it's not, it's unhealthy. I hear that. I guess I, I would be curious about how, how that actually impacts like the house search. Maybe get into that off, offline a little bit, but like, I mean, <laughs> you know, a bigger, more expensive house is nicer than a smaller, less expensive. It's kind of straightforward. I mean, I want to hear more about like, lo- like choosing location and why, why you want to leave Portland and all that kind of stuff. But just in terms of housing, we moved, I feel like we, and probably most people listening are so lucky that we're not uh, location dependent uh, for, the, for the most part. And, you know, unless you have like a certain hub with a team in a, in a certain place, mm-hmm. but like- Or family. Yeah. We used to live in Norwalk, Connecticut, which is about 45 minutes north of New York City. And when we were shopping for a house, we were looking around that area in, in the surrounding towns. And, you know, the value just, just was not there. It was like too expensive for too small an area. If you get any closer to New York City, or Long Island or Westchester, it's just like, I think it's the worst value in all of America. <laughs> no, like seriously. It's a place made for people who have to live near New York City. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yep. But but we moved 30 minutes further away to Orange, Connecticut, and we got like double the property, amazing, nice house, crazy. Like I never expected to live in this kind of space for like no money, taxes are, are unbelievably good. And like great school district, like it, it's it's amazing here. and we're not really commuting distance to, to a major city. So we don't need to be. And, and I think that's like, in terms of like lifestyle, that, that's, been, that's been great. You've been in Portland a few years. So like, why think about leaving? I'm going to temper myself a little bit <laughs> on, on this because I don't want to- Because I'm always to... thinking like, man, I wish I lived in Portland. <laughs> it is extremely frustrating because we really like it here. The community of people here are incredible. The city is awesome. The ability to live in a neighborhood where we live in Northeast, it feels like a suburb, but it's close enough together that there's a real neighborhood feel. You know your neighbors, your kid bite, your kids bike down the block to meet their friends. It, it feels amazing that way. But the city and its politics are stuck on stupid. It is stuck on stupid. I don't even know how else to say it. The willingness to let the city deteriorate over the last few years is so depressing. You drive around every exit ramp, tents and people sleeping on the floor and homelessness. And then that creeps into quality of life. And then I'm not willing to let my daughters walk to the library that's three, three blocks away. Because there's a bunch of tents set up down the block. And, you know, the people are not mentally healthy walking around there. I was in D.C. a few months back. And, yeah, you see them everywhere. It's like. Um, it's, it's tough. It's, it's heartbreaking it's on a humanity yeah. level. Yeah. And at the city makes you frustrated. And we used, to, we used to feel like we were in a bit of a bubble because the city was farther away. And over the past two years, our bubble keeps getting pierced. And whether it's, you know, petty crime, more serious crime, our friend's house. So, you know, some lunatic on drugs breaks into their 
their back door with a hammer while they're sleeping upstairs with their kids. It's just, it's just started to become so regular and so frustrating. And then the budget is difficult and the city is very, very focused on, on, on equality, which is a great thing to pursue, but it can get to a place where you are actively shooting yourselves in the foot repeatedly. So one of our strangest experiences as parents, and a lot of it is because we're from New York and kind of see things a certain way and expect things to be a certain way. My wife's the president of the PTA. So she's, she's in on all of it. And she has done a crazy job, a good job of managing through the pandemic and all this other stuff. The school that our kids go to, uh, it's on a busy road. And when something comes up around, there have been a few near misses, kid getting hit by a car and breaking a leg, kid, a little three-year-old being dragged with by a car with her scooter, just like really scary stuff. So when we start to bring up like, hey, you know what we need to do? We need to go to the city and say, guys, you, you got to fix this intersection. You need a crossing guard. What ends up coming up in the conversation is, well, we can't do that if the other lower income areas can't have it also. And, and that's kind of where, for me, things start to get a little more straightforward, where if we're talking about our kids' safety, like, like get out of the way and, and help us accomplish what we need to accomplish. Yes, we can also think about other neighborhoods and see what we can do to help them. That's always part of the conversation in a healthy way in Portland. But it's just all this stuff started to combine. And then my wife was on the highway a few weeks ago, and someone tried to carjack her. Someone stopped her car on the highway holding a hammer in a pickaxe in one hand and a sledgehammer in the other hand and tried to get her to stop and then approach the, the, the car door, the, the driver's side door. So this stuff, it won't stop. It keeps, it keeps kind of rubbing up against us. And I'm, I'm not into that shit, man. I'm, I'm, I'm captain safety. Dude, you know, I don't I'm, blame you. I mean, yes. it's, 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 it's interesting how different we live um, day to day, just based on where, where you live. I mean, you know, sitting here in our house in suburban Connecticut, we are in, in this like suburban bubble here, plenty of distance between the neighbors and the neighbors are super friendly and everything. And like, and great schools. And like, I have tons of frustrations about politics and the country. And, and that's when I start to think about different countries, not, yep, you know, yep. but like, <laughs> um, especially healthcare. Oh my God, don't get me started. But when you see it day to day and, and when it's your kids and, and, and safety. I mean, it, it, it becomes sort of like a no brainer, like, okay, like it's time. And again, it's, it's our freedom of like, okay, like, like we're, we're not tied to the location. So, so if, if our government or our place can't serve our needs, it's, we vote with our feet. It's too easy for us to just walk away. Somewhere right. Else. right now. The thing is we love the community and the people and the kids are all happy with their friends. And so to rip them out of that, yeah, but, they're, a, but they're, but they're young enough deal. to, uh, right, they're young enough. But then you get into a situation where, where, where do you go when you have the ability to go anywhere, it, it becomes really difficult to choose a place. And then you're having conversations with your spouse, your partner and figuring that out. And so anyway, that, that, that's going to be a very big theme for me in 22 on just getting situated because do, does get, the work uh, locate like your team location play into it at all? Or are you guys committing to fully remote? Or do you want to find a hub? Like, what are you thinking there? It, it doesn't. You know, we have an office here in Portland that is never used. And I'm going to give up the lease because it isn't used. And there's only one other person. Our VP of product is here in Portland. And that's it. Everyone else is, is distributed. So, all right, we, we can do whatever we want. I've always believed this, but I think I believe it now much more than ever. Just commit to remote 
and then commit to retreats in person a few times a year, like, or frequent trips to, to see the team for, for FaceTime stuff. But like, you, you know, the, the benefits so far outweigh when you're distributed and everyone can, and, and you can have the worldwide talent pool, not, you know, let alone for your, for yourself and where you want to live. So. Yeah. I, I think you are giving up some things, but overall, I mean, this is a perfect example right now. I'm, I'm the CEO. If we were not remote, it would not make any sense for the CEO to be the one to leave. It just, it just wouldn't make sure. sense. Yeah. But now yeah. I'm just like everyone else. I'm a team member and I do my work and doesn't matter where. Um, so I'm really looking forward. You know, if you think about that at our stage in life, it is selling a house, finding a house, buying a house, moving, just that word moving, everyone knows what that means, the, the amount of pain and work and, and energy expended toward that. So I'm, I'm looking at like the six month kind of time frame and really look forward to being on the other side of it. But through that and through that frustration that I alluded to earlier, it really feels to me like the thing for me to work on is the mindset, the ability to focus on the upside, the optimism, the gratitude, having the right perspective, not really caring about what competitors are doing or how much they're valued, just focusing and executing and doing what we know how to do, servicing customers. Like it all works out when, when yeah. you focus there. That's, that's been a really big personal focus for me over the last, I'd say, 12 months. And definitely going forward is, is, you know, it's, it's weird. It's like, I've been on my own and, you know, self-employed in, in business for over 13 years now. And I think that this past year, and I've had hard years in, in that run. I think this past year was maybe the hardest mentally, just in terms of like managing my state of mind and what I'm focusing on and what I'm choosing to pay attention to or not pay attention to. It's too easy to, to to get into these like tailspins where where I'm just stressing out about the stupidest bullshit, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, you 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 made some big decisions in 21. You, you took some big risks, big actions. I wrote about this on on my on my recap post. 21 was definitely a shakeup year where like things like everything really shook up. I sold audience ops, uh, started Zip Message, took some funding for the first time in my career, all this stuff. But like. On the positive side, which is so difficult for me to step back and, and recognize, but I try to, if, if I try to do anything at this time of year, I try to kind of look at that. And I mean, ZipMessage has, has grown in a, in a short period of time to be the most paying subscribers and, and actually higher MRR, MRR than, than I've seen in a software product in just a matter, in, in like three quarters of a year so far of, of bringing customers on. So that to me is a good first year, but it, you know, looking back on it, my head was really spinning about 12 months ago, like, like Q1 of 2021, I was not in a really great place. I was coming to this point of like, okay, I think I want to start this, this new idea. I've been hacking on process kit for the last three years. Audience ops is sort of just running. And I was a little bit lost. You know what it is? I've, I've had some much faster successes in the past, like when Audience Ops started, you know, that grew revenue a lot faster. Uh, I built and sold Restaurant Engine before that. The productized course did really well uh, for, for a number of years. It, it's still running and, and Process Kit, of course, is still running. But like, I share it all in, on this podcast and mentally it, it takes a toll when, when I'm trying to build SaaS products and they're not getting off the ground as fast as I would like. And especially as 
fast as previous things that I've done mm-hmm. have mm-hmm. have done. It's tough to to deal with mentally. Yeah, and and then you know you couple that with you know you talk about competitors. I don't really focus on competitors too much, but I am close friends with a lot of a lot of people who who I constantly probably wrongly compare myself to. <laughs> yes, yes. Everyone that I'm friends with that I talk to on a regular basis are are always incredibly supportive and and I'm super grateful to to have these relationships but there's no getting around it like you know I'm I'm going to be turning 40 in 2022 and and um I don't really feel old but I but I'm not young and <laughs> and I've been doing this a while and I'm I've co- have this like constant impatience of like I I need to be in this business that's going to be the thing that I sink into for the next 5 plus mm-hmm. years 5 to 10 years you know I, I hear you uh, I, my my guess is that everyone listening in one way or another deals with it, whether you want to call it imposter syndrome or something else, or just, you know, self-flagellation, whatever it is, um, the peer comparison, the willingness for people to flex these days openly and publicly that you kind of can't help but watch and be impacted by. You know, the public stuff, I, I, I think a lot of that sort of like, public announcement of of revenue is kind of annoying. And I I sort of just tune that out, but I'm close friends with people and we talk numbers in private. What's kind of exciting about, about these relationships, but also frustrating sometimes is like, I've, I've been friends with them from before they've, you know, they've like, you know, multiplied so many times. So it's like, um, you see that journey over, over many years and it's, uh, (laughs) Look, look at our journey, Brian. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> our, yeah. our journey was me looking up to you like, oh my God, how am I ever going to do that? And then, you know, and then Cardhook just hit and then got to, you know, 500K in MRR. And, and now I'm, I'm all the way back to zero. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's just a thing, but you're still the same person. And you're getting this external stimulus and external validation that all of us can't help but pay attention to. Yeah. Um, but so, so 2021 was sort of like a, a gradual, like coming to terms with, okay, now I'm focusing on zip message. This is starting to, to work. And yeah, and, yeah, and, look and, 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 and as, and, you know, I, I can't help but like connect that to like my mental state, but like, I think I've started to get a more of a handle, especially as I incorporated like exercise into, into my daily routine and, and really using that to like focus um, and, and stay positive and, and all that kind of stuff. And then, and then, you know, you couple that with like the, the crazy stress of selling a business and starting a SaaS and doing funding and, and all this different kind of stuff. Um, it was kind of, a lot in 2021, but uh, yeah. So now let, let's, if we look forward, right. How, how are you thinking about 22? Let's, let's focus on, on business first. Right. So zip message in 22, like what, what, what do you, what are you looking to get out of it? What do you want? Expectations, dreams. All right. Well, so first of all, 22 will not be a shakeup year. Like, like 2021 was, it's going to be consistency and growth and really the ultimate goal with zip message is to get it to, to a point where it's a sustainable, viable, long-term business, you know? And so I am looking to, to really grow and multiply the MRR this year. So I want to grow zip message, but I also want to stay lean with it. You know, um, I'm not focusing too much on growing the team. It's not impossible that I might hire like another developer or, or someone else by the end of the year, but I'm not thinking about that right now. Me plus one developer works beautifully in terms of shipping on the product. 
in, in terms of marketing hires, that's been a challenge in the last year and I still haven't cracked it. Um, I've, I have hired and worked with a few different contractors here off and on, and some of them do, do really great work for, for a short thing, but I haven't quite figured out like the long-term person or team there. And I've come to the conclusion that it's not a, a long-term, at least not yet. Like it's basically me and, I'm, and I need to be executing lots of marketing projects and hire, hire in help to execute these projects on an as needed basis. And, and that's what I'm doing right now. I'm, you know, working with, with a writer over here and an editor over there. And, and, and then I'm, okay. So the way that I think about growing uh, zip message, I think of it basically in like three big tracks, like one, probably the first and foremost is that it is a pro like a viral product. So I'm thinking about like product led growth. I've already shipped a bunch of updates to improve onboarding and and I've seen actually this impact. Like I, I track how many first time users start recording and, and how much do they record and how much do they share and, and then how much do, do the respondents that respond to them, how many of them sign up for accounts. So all, all those numbers have been ticking up because of changes that I've made in the product to make that stuff easier. And I'm gonna continue kind of pushing on that. Sort of related to product growth, but marketing is, is it would be integrations. Uh, we're about to launch the ZipMessage API. Um, that's basically done. We just need to ship it. Um, so once that's out in, in late January, I'm going to be doing a lot of outreach to other popular tools that I know our customers are using and launch like, you know, first class integrations with them, um, and co co promotions and all that. I'm doing some SEO content. I'm working with a writer on that. We, you know, that, that kind of stuff will be going out. You know, we talked about this earlier, but like just more relationships and more opportunities for exposure. So I just need to be talking to more people about stuff. And I've tried to do some of that. And, and I, I'm kind of lining up like guest posts and guest podcasts. I'm, I'm, I'm on like Tropical MBA this month. I'm on a bunch of other podcasts this month and um, trying to do more of that, trying to get, get out there. You know what it is? I'm, I'm not really looking for like a single channel that's going to 10X over the next year. I'm just trying to do a lot of activity. And, and execute a lot of projects and figure out who I need to hire on each one to make sure that those, those things are happening while I'm spending the time on, on working on the product. So it's, it's just sort of like a lot of activity, you know? And then, and then hopefully like a couple of these things that happen throughout the year will help multiply the stuff that's, that's, that I'm working on. So like the product hunt launch or getting on a really big name podcast somewhere else or SEO traffic that starts to kick in. And, and then, and then, you know, the referrals and the, and the pool of free users start to help multiply that as well. So. It sounds like not going crazy, not throwing things upside down, just consistent work over the year, seeing what works. I'm sure you'll make some adjustments along the way based on what you learn along the way or ideas you have or things that come up. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. You know, yeah. um, do you have a target? like revenue in mind, like, or, or a certain amount of growth, you want a two X three X like, um, yeah, you know, I'm not going to be, uh, talking numbers on, on the yeah. podcast, but, no, um, don't expect it. I would say on the low end of like where I would like to be 12 months from now, you know, three X the, the current MRR and that, that would be like the low, <laughs> you know, yeah, I, good. I, 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 I think, I think a bunch of things can, can bring mm -hmm. us well above that, you know? Yeah. Same. Cool. So what about you? Like, like, what are you, what are you looking forward to in 2020, you know, 22? 
That's like the hardest year to say. 2022. It's odd. <laughs> I think 22 is going to be a bunch of different types of challenges, which is what I think will make it difficult. It's not just a product challenge or a team challenge or a finance challenge. It's really a lot. I acknowledge, and every once in a while, I come across someone who's kind of knows the company well enough and is willing to be honest enough to say, this is a big bite you're taking <laughs> type of a thing. The mentality that I'm trying to get right immediately in January is not to do everything myself. Like the, right, the reason to raise money to build a team this big, this early is to hire the right people and empower them and, and not try to do everything. So the marketing, the sales, I am really not leading the efforts and I'm trying to set myself up, you know, you know, it's pretty similar to rock actually, right? CTO co-founder, He's done a really good job at setting things up from the beginning using a lot of the lessons learned from Cardhook so that he is really not integral to the development process. He provides his wisdom and experience to help people avoid mistakes and head things off earlier as opposed to later. And these suggestions and the data model, like he did it, he didn't amazing amount of work on the data model, because that's one of the things that's really hard to change. So he's gotten himself into a good place. And, and I admire how he's done that. Um, and I need to do that on the front of house, on the sales, the marketing, the PR, all this stuff, where I play a smaller and smaller role uh, in the day to day, and people are just empowered, and then are able to build out the teams that they that they need to build out in order to accomplish this stuff. So I think as like a leader manager, uh, that's going to be really necessary. I think we're going to raise more money in 22. And that's going to be a new challenge for me. I've never done Series A before. So that will just be new. And there's a lot of questions around that on when to go. You look at the market and you're like, people are raising money. People, There's so much money. What's going on? But then when it, you get down to the mac, micro as opposed to the macro view of it, and you look at your situation, it's tough to tell how much traction do you want before you go out and raise raise money. That's like the big question that comes to mind for me is like what what's the metric that that helps you know the timing of when to when to move from seed to Series A. You know, I look for that too. I want to know what's the metric, and the conclusion I'm coming to is it's up to me, and, and that that's actually a difficult conclusion to come to because that then okay now you're on your own and you, you can't really tell. Because some conversations I have, people say, wait until you get you know, more traction. Specifically for us, it's GMV. It's the amount of revenue processed. It's not the amount of revenue that we're generating as a company. It's, it's GMV that uh, companies like ours are being rewarded for. Whether it's our competitors or like fintech companies or whatever, it's GMV that's really driving it. So that's our focus on driving up GMV. But we have a really interesting value proposition. And when you blend in our Web3 and token model. Um, it's pretty unique. And a lot of the crypto funds want to go much earlier uh, before a token is public. And the earlier, the better for a lot of those. And we have a compelling enough story. So I think we can raise money once I'm ready. But I want to get to a place where it's kind of a no-brainer and I have enough momentum in growth behind me that it's just a very easy set of conversations. That's that's yeah the ideal. Like getting like a customer, like really, really good, like customer case studies and, and like use case, case studies and, and that kind of stuff. Yeah, just, like, just growth. You know, we, we, we onboarded the first accounts in Q4. I mean, I would think more like, like, um, 
customer and use case case studies to help the story of like what, right? It makes the story real because I'm good at telling the story. But then if you have merchants that are signing up, onboarding, launching, and then growing and staying, then it just makes the story like real from a third party point of view, like a, you know, like a, it's just, it goes beyond what you're saying. It goes into like, well, that, that's a, a objective. Is there like a, like, you know, the beginning of the year, you're, you're after the holidays, is, is this one like stores are thinking about reworking their infrastructure and looking at a, a rally and, and that yeah, kind of stuff? for sure. For sure. Yeah, Q4, everyone kind of is interested in what they can do, but are more hesitant to make changes, especially around the checkup being something so big. So Q1 is the combination of, everyone looking at their business and saying, what do I want to do this year? So e-commerce is no different. So they're more open to new tools and new experiments and new, new things to help them grow. At the same time, Q4 was a gangbusters quarter for, for funds raising their money. And so the amount of money that's gone into funds in Q4 that's now ready to be deployed in Q1 lines up really well. And that's why the funding environment in Q1 is going to be bananas. Everyone's going to raise money in Q1 because everyone's coffers are full. So so the fundraising thing is going to be a tricky element. The product is going to be a tricky element on how to prioritize things because there's so many things we want to do. So that's just difficult. And then the Web3 component is a, a lot of uncharted territory for me and working with a token and the right way to introduce that to customers and the right way to talk about that, that it doesn't scare people off, but shows people the benefit, how to incorporate that into our marketing and our positioning and into the sales process. Like there's just a, and, and then of course the blockchain development side underneath it. Yeah. I mean, um, that that's what I'm really excited to hear and, and see more about like the I'm constantly tuning into podcasts and conversations about web three and the promise and all, and all this stuff. And, and I'm excited that, that you're, that you're getting into it. Cause I, I feel like I'm going to see like firsthand, like something actually happen, <laughs> something actually get built and, and yeah, used, and, you know? And I think it'll be much more understandable than a lot of this DeFi stuff and NFT stuff. That's kind of like, I don't know, it's a, it's a puzzle. That's what I'm excited about. Like, like commerce and web three seems like the easiest path to, building something real in the world that people will drive value from the, the gaming and the NFT stuff. Like, all right, it, it's interesting to follow, but it's, it's like, what, what am I, what am I reading here? Like, what is this? Like, yes. And it's know. caused the schism, you know, in the tech community between like detractors and, and people who are into it. And I, I don't know how healthy that is, but I think it's totally normal, but yeah, one way or another, that 3% that everyone pays to credit card fees, that thing is going to be attacked on all sides. And I'm very interested in participating in that transition. So we like Visa, MasterCard, Stripe, Braintree, that's an, all those. That's an interesting thing. So, so what I've heard in the earlier parts of, of you introducing Rally, it, it's more about like decentralization, break away mm-hmm. from the big Ownership. shopping cart mm-hmm. and, and, all the, and all the big tools. Now I'm hearing like the, 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 the enemy is... I think it's objective. I don't think it's the enemy. It's not our, our enemy. We we love Stripe and and those are our partners. Yeah, and, and that's that's the wrong word for it. Right. But there that is an inevitable disruption and benefit that crypto is going to bring at some point. And the truth is, Visa, those companies are in it. They are you know, not just gonna let it happen to them. They're gonna participate. 
you know, from a marketing positioning standpoint, like I think one of my biggest like gradual learnings over the last few years is to think about, this is the wrong word to use the word like enemy for this, but like in terms of like planting a flag and how others start to talk about your product and think about and recommend it. You know, like for me, I'm, I'm thinking about like, you know, if, if too many calendar meetings are, are, are your, are your problem, our, our solution is, is asynchronous, right? Yes. And it's okay to make that contrast stark. It works. It works a lot. It works for Basecamp. It works for a lot of companies that you're very familiar with. It works for, for us, it's the payments. That's not our enemy. Our enemy is, is the Shopify's centralized platform that tells you what you can and can't do that people are getting really frustrated by and whatever else. And that's our enemy is that version of things and, and bringing power back to the merchant as our goal. So it is, it is really useful and will inevitably a larger, play a larger role in our marketing and position. Yeah, and just to make it like clear for folks, like when I think about this, when I talk about it, it's, it's not zero sum, you know, like calendar events and live calls and using calendar tools. Of, of course, these are things that will always be around. I'll continue to pay for them and use them myself. But, you know, in terms of describing the, the, the specific problem that this utility does, and, and yeah, I, I think it's a really good way to kind of like frame it, you know. Yeah. Um, Look, I, I, I got a boogie because I have a call with a very large national bank who, again, these, these people do not want to miss out on this stuff. They want to be involved and understand what's happening and why and how they can participate and how it adds value to their customers. So what if right now they're making a living off that 3%? It's, they one know it's one of these weeks, I'm going to, I feel like I keep asking you the questions, but like, I, I still don't quite understand what kind of like magic wizardry you're doing that that lines you up to get on calls with these like major you know, <laughs> banks like like what kind of like networking uh superpower are, are you running over there that, okay, that, I'm, okay. I'm, I'm, like all these years i'm still trying to understand that I, you know I, I we should get into that because because i like talking about things that i'm good at and i'm not very good at everything but if i could just do like three calls a day and then take walks for the rest of the day that's probably the best thing that i can do for the company and it's my favorite thing to do yeah I like doing the calls. I sort of understand. It's like talking to who to talking to who to talking to who to, to line up that, that serious, uh, call, yes. you know? Yes. And some of that stuff is, is the VC network and, and what that does. But a lot of it is being really good to other people and it always coming back, but we, we can, we can get into that. It's 1130. I got this call. Brian, let's have a great year, man. Let's do it. Yeah. And uh, hey, listeners, I'm going to drop a link to uh, Product Hunt in the show notes. Please help, help it out. Help, help it out. <laughs> Hell yes. Let's do All it. Right. All, All right. right talk to you soon. See you.